Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, back here recording on another Monday night for the second instalment of our NBL Focus show. Heard a lot of good feedback off the uh, off the back of last week's debut show, so uh, this week was feeling up and about for it. A lot of actions taken place over the course of the last week, um, but I mentioned on last week's show that this time around, I was going to do the first uh, first tackling of my NBL power rankings for the season. Now, as I said, there's been a lot of exciting games. We're now uh, there's one game to go tonight in round four. Uh, the Illawarra Hawks playing host to the Brisbane Bullets. That one will be tipping off pretty well as I'm recording this one. Uh, but nevertheless, we've got a pretty good idea of what's been happening now over the course of the first couple of weeks. Thus, I thought I'd better uh, better see where the power power lies within the league. So. Looking forward to getting into that one momentarily. Guys, before we do so, though, a big shout out to the Spotlight Sports Network and the cover, keeping us up to date, not only here in Australia, but abroad for all of our listeners. Certainly appreciate their continued support and showcasing not only us, but other content creators out there. As well, be sure to stay up to date with all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok for all the latest news from not only the NBL, but also the NBA. Uh, We dropped another hot little episode. The band was back together. Rowan Lee joining myself uh, to discuss all the action the other day from the opening few few games from the NBA season. Uh, I tell you what, that started at breakneck pace. So if you are an NBA fan, be sure to check out our our secondary episode during the week. Okay, let's get into it. A lot to get through today. I'm going to go through, as I said, my NBL power rankings. Uh, I'm sure sure for listeners out there, sure to cause a bit of debate. they, for the most part, it follows pretty similar to how the ladder stands at the moment with a few notable little uh, little differences there. Uh, but I would love to hear what you guys think of this, where I went right, where I went wrong. Um, have I been unfairly cruel to any teams out there or have I uh, put, put a little bit of sauce on how some of these teams are going? So I would love to hear what you guys think. Okay, let's get into it. My number 10 on the, on the power rankings, the bottom seed is the Brisbane Bullets. Now, they've started their season 0-5. on five. To be honest, they lost the other day against the Phoenix. Uh, they went down 89-88. to 88. Pretty much just summed up where their season's at thus far. Um, you know, they showed some really good signs, lots of positive stuff. They played Tyler Johnson off the bench, uh, which I quite liked. They enabled Sobe, Baines, uh, Tanner Krebs there in the starting lineup as well, just to kind of have a little more freedom and then have that spark plug as Johnson in that sixth-man role. Uh, we've seen a lot of teams in the NBA look to utilise that more so. Um, and it looked as if it was going to pay dividends early on. They were really in control for the most part of this game, uh, for the first half anyway. Started to lose a little bit of it there in the third quarter. Uh, fought back and it looked as if they might come away with their first win of the season. Wasn't to be. Wasn't to be there. The Phoenix getting up there by a point. Um, and as I said, it sums up where their season's at. They're just lacking that killer instinct, and I think a big part of that comes back to Nathan Sobey. Uh, this season, he's down six points a game from what he was the season prior, averaging only 10 points a game, three rebounds, four assists. Uh, really is the kind of the engine behind this team. So I think if they're to actually – well, for me, it feels as if their season's on a knife edge. Uh, they play, as I said, the Illawarra Hawks tonight. My tip is that the Bullets get up in this one. Uh, but if they were to lose tonight and go zero and six – it really does uh, – I, I think it pretty much condemns their season. Like, they're, they're pretty well done and dusted. Even with the playing coming up in, 
to start a season zero and six and hope to make it uh, to the finals, to the playing tournament, it feels like possibly a bridge too far. Uh, they've been pretty pretty decent on the offensive end. They've averaged 80, 84 and a half points. Uh, you know, it's not it's not any record-breaking pace, uh, but it's just their, their defense that's lacking at the moment. Um, so far against the Sydney Kings, they gave up 102 points and 100 points there, respectively, in their two matchups versus the reigning champs. They gave up 90 versus the Jack Jumpers in that OT game, 87 versus the Wildcats, and then 89 versus the Phoenix the other night. Uh, that, like for me, that's their their big their big drawback at the moment. The defensive side, if they are going to turn things around, things need to really ramp up on that side of it. They're going to get the points. I, I expect Sobi to pick up his output. Tyler Johnson's going to score. Baines can give you points. Tanner Krebs, as I said, Kadee. Uh, there's enough offensive firepower there. But as I said, lacking on the defensive end at the moment. So hopefully look for that to turn around very quickly. And hopefully starting tonight against the Illawarra Hawks. I'll move ahead to number nine. I've got Melbourne United. Now they've started their season at two and four. Um, comes off the back of their loss to the Sydney Kings yesterday. Again, a game in which it started quite promisingly. Uh, up until half time, it looked like we had a serious game on our hands. Blew out pretty quickly in the third quarter, but uh yeah, two and four, it's an ordinary start for a team a lot of pundits out there had high hopes for. After that loss, head coach Dean Vickerman said that they were still looking to make roster changes. Uh, where, what are we? As I said, four rounds in. I think it's an 18-round season, if memory serves correctly. Uh, so, yeah, still looking to find that piece to bring in. Um, I, cert- I think it certainly hurt them when Ariel Huckaporty uh, went down in preseason. It was already a tough ass trying to fill the shoes left by JLA there, Joe Lual Achul. Um, it was never going to be easy. It was never going to be easy. And I think what they had in Hakaporti uh, looked really solid. Him going down has kind of only compounded their problems in the big man space. Isaac Humphreys can do a shift, but compared to JLA, who was a damn near MVP candidate over the last couple of seasons, just feels as if that's where they're starting to to fall behind a little bit. Uh, they're currently on a three-game losing streak, but from, like they've just lacked consistency so far. Uh, and in terms of a point differential, they have the second worst in the league there behind the behind the Bullets. So the Bullets are at minus 46. Melbourne, they're at minus 45. Again, another team that really needs to pick up that defensive side of things. And um, I think that if they are to, that's probably going to be the catalyst for them turning their season around. That being said, it's not all doom and gloom. A standout has certainly been Xavier Rathen Mays. Came over from the Illawarra Hawks during the offseason. Uh, last season, he averaged 10.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 4 assists. This season, he's up to a tick over 16 points a game, 7.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, a bit over a steal a game, whilst also going 45% from three. I tell you what, they are you'd be absolutely delighted with that with that output from him. Um, likewise, Rajon Tucker, after a very slow start to the season, he's starting to find his feet a little more so. Uh, his scoring and intensity are certainly going to be key. Are going to be key to turn things around. Like as I said, they've lacked consistency. They've lacked a little bit of energy for the most part as well, and I think that's what Tucker can provide. Um, and hopefully, that intensity will actually carry over to Chris Goulding. Uh, he's having his lowest scoring season since 2011. Now he's he's. Again, kind of the barometer for this team. Uh, 
lowest scoring season, as I said, since 2011 when he was with the Gold Coast Blaze, who, as a lot of fans out there would know, aren't even a franchise anymore. Um, averaging 13.7 points a game this season. And as I said, I'm just hoping that that intensity that Tucker's starting to find, Raythan Mays there as well, hopefully it just permeates through there to Goulding. Uh, he just hasn't found his feet yet. I think their next three games, they face the Hawks, Wildcats, and Taipans, will probably be quite telling for their season as to whether they get things back on track or whether it's all to crumble around them quite early in the piece. I'll move ahead to number eight, the Illawarra Hawks. Now, they've started one and four to the season. A lot of people might be questioning as to why I had them them above Melbourne United. Uh I guess a, probably a big point for this was the fact that during the week they signed former New Zealand Breakers import Peyton Silver to the squad. Uh, he'll fill the role that was left by injury due to Justin Robinson going down. Uh, for the Breakers last season, Silver averaged 12 points, two and a half rebounds, four and a half assists. Really solid stats. But for me, the, the big thing that we, he will actually um, bring to this squad is some a bit of creativity and a bit of complimentary ball handling for Tyler Harvey. Um, they just seem to be lacking on that offensive side. And and for Harvey at the moment, he's he's well down on his stats. Uh, 14 and a half points, three rebounds, two assists. Um, yet only a couple of seasons ago in 2020, he was averaging 20 points a game. So they'd certainly be hoping that he can find his rhythm, find his feet, find that scoring that we've come to know and love from Tyler Harvey. Um, but I think just with Silver coming into the squad, it should hopefully alleviate a bit of that pressure on his shoulders and just enable him to, I guess play a little more free. Uh, and that's when Tyler Harvey looks his best. When he's free, um, lets it fly, he is must-watch TV. So certainly hope that that aids in what the Hawks are doing there. Certainly like what they've what I've seen so far in George King off the bench. He's provided a real spark, dropping 14.5 points a game, shooting the three ball at 46.5% off the bench. Now, again, I spoke about uh, a couple of moments ago, energy guys off the bench. Uh, and I tell you what, he is one of them. They need someone who can kind of steer the ship when Harvey and Coe are off the court, and he's that guy. Um, as I said, they face Brisbane momentarily, and at the time I'm recording now, quarter to seven on Monday night. This game's set to tip off at 7.30. Um, so their game against Brisbane tonight, they then face Brisbane again in a couple of days' time, followed by Melbourne United to round out their next three games. I think, to be honest, I think they'd really be hoping this is a real chance for them to capitalise and get a couple of wins on the board, they'd probably be hoping to nab at least two of these. Um, and I think, again, another team, you don't want to fall too too far behind the pace. Uh, there's, you know, a really strong six or seven teams. Um, and if they start to lose touch over the next couple of games, it's going to be very, very hard to claw back in that, that back half of the season. So I think you'd be expecting to hopefully get one, if not both, against Brisbane and then try and take one against Melbourne United. Go two out of three. Um, and that gets your season there. What are you? What are you looking at there? Three and seven looks considerably healthier than one and four. So um, I think that should be the goal for them over the next week or so. I'll move ahead. Number seven. I've got the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix started the season at three and three here on a two-game win streak as we speak, and that has certainly coincided with the increased intensity of Mitch Creek. Um, in their one-point win the other day over the Bullets, which I mentioned a moment ago, he dropped 31 points along with seven rebounds, three assists, and kind of displayed the form that I thought, well, I put him in my top three for MVP voting. Um, and it's games like this as to why I did that. Ryan Brockoff now, Trey Kell, Zoe Chi coming back into the team. 
it just feels like it's all starting to click a little bit better than it than it had well than it was looking a week or two ago for the for the Phoenix there. Um, I certainly think they're going to be a team to be feared. Now they've got their full complement of guys together. They start building that on-court chemistry. Uh, they're going to be a tough, tough game every night. And I think certainly a big shout-out to Alan, Alan, Alan Williams and Carl Adnam, um, the big and the small there, been absolutely huge whilst these other names have been out of the squad. Uh, for Adnam, he's had a career-best scoring season thus far, dropping 15.2 points, mainly off the bench there, uh, three and a bit rebounds, four and a half assists, and how's this a fun stat? As I was doing my research for this week's episode, I love all these little fun facts and little trivia points. It's not too often you see a stat like this. So, Carl Adnam this season is going 35% from two, yet shooting 42% from three. Which you know, if you're if you're a hardcore NBA NBL fan out there, you, you know you soak in a lot of stats and things of the kind. It's not too often that you see a player's three point shooting percentage seven percentage points greater than their two-point field goal percentage. So uh, just a little fun fact I saw there that I quite enjoyed. Uh, but as, as I said, I think, you know, as as they get that squad all together now, that chemistry is building, I, I don't see any reason as to why they couldn't charge up the standings, especially if this is the Mitch Creek they're going to get night in and night out. Um, as I said, I certainly, and I still believe at the moment, he's going to be a name that's kind of up in and around the MVP talk when the season's over. And they certainly look best when he's he's attacking the basketball, attacking the rim, should I say, um, and looking to really handle the rock, really take things on his shoulders. Uh, so certainly look out for him in the MVP standings. Number six, I've got the Adelaide 36ers. Now, they've started the season two and one. A lot of people might be kind of, you know, starting to starting to kind of think, what's this guy talking about? Starting to dismiss what I've got to say here. But the reason as to why I've got them sixth, um, they're a bit of a team. They live by the three ball, die by the three ball. In game one, they went five of 21, 24% there. Game two, they went 12 of 30, um, going 40% from the field. And then in game three, 14 of 35, going 40% again. They, for me, they're just a team. They're, they're not going to die wondering, that's for sure. And the analogy was used in the broadcast the other night against the Sydney Kings. They're essentially the the NBA or the equivalent of the Golden State Warriors here in the NBL. You know, for me, I think they certainly play that way. Um, as I said, run and gun, live and die by the three ball, a heap of fun to watch. Um, but I guess the reason as to why I had them so low was the fact they they got blown out in game one. 25 points by the Jack Jumpers off that off that high beating Phoenix that stellar road trip to the USA had um, at all kind of I guess there was a bit of a needle put in their balloon um, in the form of the Jack Jumpers so you know they've gone on now they've beaten the Hawks by 10 just scraped over the line against the Kings by four points in what was an absolutely thrilling game the other night but I think my only concern is the ISO ball fact uh, there were times the other night that when the ball was pinging around, they were unstoppable. Uh, they were absolutely, Mitchie McCarron leading that. Um, his vision and playmaking is second to none within the league. And I think I made this point last week. When they get that ball popping with the players they've got, like this starting five, Mitchie McCarron, Rob Franks, Cleveland, Randall, Daniel Johnson there as you kind of, you're starting five, it's going to be a, t- a tough ask to stop each, each and every night. So um, I think the key for them is just making sure that they don't rely solely on the three ball because if, if it's not dropping, they sometimes look a little bit one-dimensional. 
Um, and I think just with the caliber of players they've got, getting them touches on the ball, keeping them involved in the offense is going to be key for them. Um, and undoubtedly the key on the offensive side is going to be Craig Randall. Across three games so far, I know, small sample size, but so far he's averaging 23.5 points, four rebounds, four assists, going 41% from three. I just made the phrase, live by the three, die by the three. This guy is the epitome of that. He was pulling up from Steph Curry range, Dame Lillard range, no worries whatsoever. Didn't hesitate. Um, you know, I tell you what, this guy, I said Rajon Tucker was going to be, I think, my most must-watch player heading into the season. If I had to change it now, I would say Craig Randall. Um, it was just absolutely ridiculous what what he, the, the confidence he has in his abilities, um, you know, and he's making them too, so you can't fault him. Keep going back to the well. But, yeah, again, as to the reason I had them so low, that blowout to the jack jumpers, and I guess just the sample size. A lot of these teams we've seen five, six, seven games. For the 36ers thus far, it's only three. Um, so after the, the jack jumpers demolished them, you know, they've still got a little bit of proving to do. And I'm sure over the over the course of the next week or two, they start getting some more, you know, double game weeks there. Um, there's a good chance they'll be... They'll be up the standings next time we do this, no doubt. And they certainly come season's end, displayed by their win over the reigning champs, the Kings, the other day, 92 to 88. They're certainly going to be in and around the mix come the end of the season. Okay, let's move to a team that's been in and around the mark the last pretty well 25 years, the Perth Wildcats. They've started their season at 3-2, and two, lost two on the bounce now. They went down to, uh, to Melbourne United, 84 to 81. And then got absolutely demolished against the Jack Jumpers on Saturday night, uh, 103 to 72. I was fortunate enough to be at this game, and um, it was just phenomenal how quickly it blew out. It really was, uh, you know, a pretty even game through the first half. You could say the Jack Jumpers started to turn it on a little bit towards the back end of the second quarter, uh, but third quarter it was all she wrote very, very quickly, and a lot of sloppy, uncharacteristic turnovers that forced it. Um, there was a player, I can't remember the actual names, play for play, but the Jack Jumpers hit a three, got this steal on the inbounds and hit another three. And just like that, I think it was, you know, an eight, nine point lead, jumped to a 14, 15 point lead. Very hard to claw back from that point. And to be honest, outside of Cotton, like they looked quite stagnant. Um, if Cotton didn't have the ball, they just lacked uh, lacked creativity, to be fair. Um, and I think for me, moving forward, that's my worry. They're so reliant on Cotton, and rightly so. He's one of, if not the best player within the league and has been for the course of the last couple of seasons. But if he's not having a great game or if he's away, who's going to be the guy that steps up for them? You know, I, they've got they've got heaps of quality players there. Norton, Blanchfield, Manic, they're coming over from the US. Webster, Travers, Wagstaff, um, a who's who of NBA ta- NBL talent, should I say. But it just, it's hard to see who's going to be that number two guy or, or on any given night if Cotton's not there, be the number one guy. Um, to be honest, I'd like to see them maybe look to use Travers a little bit more, um, especially as he looks to transition into the NBA, build his confidence. Um, I think he's more than capable of handling the ball and taking on more of an offensive output. He has seen a considerable uptick in points since last season, but I think he's still got the capability to do more. Um, so going forward, that is my concern. What do they do if Cotton's not there? And who's going to step up and be that number two guy? Manic could certainly do it. He's displayed a good inside and outside game thus far. 
but I think going forward, that's certainly something they're going to have to iron out and quickly. Like that game the other night, I don't know. As I said, what was it? 31 points? 31 points the Jack Jumpers won by. I think they're going to be fine. I think this game was maybe a small hiccup in their season. Um, it's hard to say whether it's a testament to how well the Jack Jumpers played or kind of reflects on how poorly Perth played. Probably a combination between the two. Um, but again, I think a minor hiccup. They're still a powerhouse of the competition. Fifth on my power rankings at the moment, but with the talent they have and Bryce Cotton at the helm, uh, there's no doubts in my mind that they'll they'll be in and around the mix as well. Now, a team I certainly didn't expect to be in and around the mix, and I think I might have predicted them for maybe bottom of the uh, bottom of the league. Mm, yeah, memory serves correctly. I think I did have them bottom of the league. But the New Zealand Breakers, now they've started their season. Our friends across the ditch, they've started their season at four and two, uh, to the surprise of not only myself, but many, many in the NBL community out there. And that, to be honest, they've just done a superb job. And really, it comes down to the defensive end. I mentioned teams that were lacking on that defensive end, Brisbane Bullets. Um, who else did I say? Did I say Melbourne? Melbourne, yep, absolutely. Um, but they've really made it a staple mark of their opening six games to really lock down that end. They gave up 65 points versus the Jack Jumpers, 62 points versus the Hawks, 64 points versus the Taipans. Um, and offensively, they're just getting enough production. They don't have any world beat out-and-out scorers, but it's kind of done by committee. Uh, Rob Lowe has been a revelation this season. He's, uh, he's, I tell you what, he's been great for my fantasy team as well over the course of the last couple of weeks. He's averaging eight and a half points, six and a half rebounds, playing 19 minutes a game now, which is a huge uptick from what he was producing and the game time he was getting last season. Uh, but for me, probably the most exciting player within this squad is Jarrell Prantley. Now, he has been an excitement machine thus far, and certainly in their win against the Jack Jumpers, he was undoubtedly the catalyst for that. 13 points, four and a half rebounds. Just a runner and gunner, though, um, and certainly brings the highlight plays, brings the energy. And to be fair, the only concern I have, because um, outside of everything else, they're looking fantastic. My only concern would be the output of NBL next star, Rayan Rupert thus far. Uh, he's looked a little bit out of sorts after having quite a hot start to the Blitz. He hasn't quite found his form in the regular season as of yet. So probably moving forward, that's the one thing I think they'd be looking to hopefully rectify, hopefully get him a little more confidence, minutes on the board, points on the board. Um, and bar that, I, th I think they're in really good shape at the minute and certainly have certainly outperformed my my thoughts for them this season, um, as with many out there as well. So I certainly hope that they can truck on their merry way. Number three, the Tassie Jack Jumpers. I tell you what, what a turnaround it's been. They are currently four and three to start the season. This comes off the back of a four-game win streak in which they've knocked off the Brisbane Bullets, Adelaide 36ers, Melbourne United, and then finally on Saturday night, the Perth Wildcats. Now, again, another point that people might be questioning as to why I've got them above the Breakers, despite the Breakers' superior record at this point in time, um, and the fact there are a few positions lower there. I just think this turnaround, as I said, a four-game win streak, the brand of ball they're playing is completely different compared to the first three games. Um, you know, it was really looking quite, to be fair, higgledy-piggledy. They looked all sort of, all sorts of out of ideas, um, just no, no go-to scorer. To be honest, lacked confidence, especially Matty Kenyon in shooting the ball. 
but over the last couple of weeks, he has been a revelation now openly stepping into threes. And I tell you what, it makes a world of difference when the opposition has to guard him. It frees up our players like Josh Majette, Milton Doyle, uh, these kind of go-getter, bucket-getters. Um, so just having him as a threat as well has been huge. The news as well, I give them a big bonus. During the week, they re-signed the heart and soul, really, of the team, or last week, should I say, re-signed Jack McVeigh to a two-year contract extension. That'll see him through till 2025 with us. Um, and to be fair, if there's any guy you want to lock up, he's the one. It's not only what he brings on the court in terms of his output, um, but it's, it's to, to be fair, it's what he does team chemistry-wise. It's what he does community-wise, the way he gets the fans engaged. As I said, him and Scott Roth, they really kind of exemplify what the Tassie Jack Jumper brand's all about. Um, and as I said, the heart and soul, no doubt. So I give them big ups for locking him down for a further two years. Um, as I said, first couple of games, they were looking looking to feel that hole of Josh Adams. It was going to be no easy feat. And I, over that first couple of games, they, they weren't able to do so. Since that time, Milton Doyle has really, really elevated his game and looks somewhat JA reminiscent there. Um, so that's fantastic and loving what he's doing. Majette as well, back to his playmaking best, a double-double the other night, 10 assists. Um, the the uh, inbounds lob there to Milton Doyle is one for the absolute highlight books. If you haven't seen it, be sure to check out the highlights from the Jack Jumpers in Perth game the other night. Uh, but that was one of the better NBL plays I've seen over recent memory. That was to be honest, I'd had a couple of beers at that time, so it might have only increased my excitement, but I was absolutely on my feet for that one. Incredible stuff. Um, their win the other night, that game against Perth, 103-72. to 72. It was a franchise record for the most points they've scored at home in their young history. Uh, so a fantastic display there, a fantastic night for the franchise. Again, tied in perfectly with the re-signing of Jack McVay. On a four-game win streak, I tell you what, the ants are coming, so beware. They are looking really good at the minute, and they're still waiting on Clint Steindl, Will Magnay to come back. Uh, so there's still ammo there to uh, to come in for this squad. Number two, I've got the Cairns Taipans. Started the season at four and two. To be fair, as I said last week, I um you know I'll bleed green for the Jack Jumpers, but they are my absolute darling team. Uh, very very similar to how the Cleveland Cavaliers were last season for myself in the NBA. Um, just that team, you can't help but smile when they win. You love the way they go about their ball. The only blemish was their loss to the Breakers the other night, 68 to 64. Um, but outside of that, they've been nothing short of exceptional. Keanu Pinder, tell you what, he is a bona fide superstar. He is really just in this season, and even in the back end of last season, grown into an absolute superstar of the competition. Would certainly be probably one of the picks for not only most improved player at this point, but also MVP. Just for the fact, last season, 11 points, 7.5 rebound, 1 assist a game. Yet this season, he's already up to 17 points a game, 10.5 rebounds, nearly 3 assists, plus a block and a steal a game. So I, I tell you what, hats off to Adam Ford there, giving him a bigger role and letting him kind of grow and flourish. He's taken those reins and absolutely run with it up until this point. Um, so I, I think it's been just fantastic seeing him grow and develop so far. Likewise, getting fantastic contributions out of DJ Hogue, Majok Deng, Sammy Wardenberg there, um, just to name a few. They've got lots of really solid players, and I think that's the key. They've got no – they're not carrying anyone as such. Um, and well, what are we now? They're six games in. The last three games they've been out with 
who was meant to be their star player, Tajir McCall. Um, he started the season a little bit slowly, a lot of turnovers, a lot of uncharacteristic errors. Hopefully when he comes back into the team on his return from injury, he just kind of relaxes a little bit, doesn't try to do too much. Sometimes he tries to play at almost too much of a breakneck pace, which, um, you know, is sometimes to his detriment. He's, he's going a million miles an hour and he's... Uh, Brain and his body can't seem to keep up. So I certainly wish him a speedy recovery, as I said the other week. Um, but just hope when he comes back into the fold, it doesn't disrupt what they've got building there. Because I think certainly Pinder's the guy that uh, that they need to play through. And just to be honest, I, I used the analogy the other week uh, that they're very reminiscent to how the Sacramento Kings played under Luke Walton. Run and gun. Not a whole heap of defense, um, but just run and gun. A heap of fun to watch. I certainly hope. Like I, I can watch as many of their games as possible because behind the Jack Jumpers, as I said, they've been the team I've most been excited to see just with that brand of basketball they play. And, you know, if, what are we, six games in? There's enough of a sample size there to suggest that I'm a believer. And I think, you know, after a couple of lean seasons, I really hope that they flourish and can make a bit of a run at things this season. I certainly don't think they're in that championship tier. Uh, but they're, I think, going to turn some heads in a spit that you wouldn't want to face them in the playoffs, I don't think. That'd be a tough out, that's for sure. But last and certainly not least, I'll move ahead to my number one team there on my power rankings, the reigning defending champions of the NBL, the Sydney Kings. Uh, they've started their season at 5-2, and two, and to be fair, it's you know they went down the other night to the 36ers in what was an absolutely barnstorming game. But outside of that, they've just been as solid as a rock. Um, you know, it's kind of steady as she goes at the moment. And I made this point the other week. They've done such a phenomenal job in replenishing the caliber of players they lost, lost last offseason. MVP Jalen Adams, Ian Clark, Jarrell Martin. They are some they were some heavy, heavy hitters within the within the NBA MBL. Uh you lose the reigning MVP. It's it's big shoes to fill, but so far from guys like Tim Saws there, uh their new big man, Justin Simon. And in particular, Derek Walton Jr., I think they've filled those gaps left really, really well. Uh, especially Walton. So far, 17 points, five rebounds, seven assists, a steal a game, and he's going 52% from the field. Uh, he kind of feels all not quite a carbon copy. I don't want to say that or give him that much praise yet, but feels very similar to Bryce Cotton. Has got that ability, brings his players into the game, might start slow, but they can then can really cook. And he did that in the third quarter the other night against the 36ers. Um, you know, I, th- I think this season for the Kings, they've got a lot of comp- they've got a lot of competition. This is one of the most even leagues I've seen in recent memory. Um, as I said, there's probably five, six, seven, seven deep that could credibly make a make a bit of a run at things. Uh, but I have no no doubts in my mind that when we get to the pointy end of things, they are going to be in and around the mark once again. They've got the Cairns Taipans, Breakers, and the Illawarra Hawks upcoming in their three games. For them, they'd certainly be hoping to go three and three and just put a little bit of breathing space between them and the chasing pack. Um, but I've loved everything I've seen so far. Really kind of that never-say-die attitude. They looked uh, Adelaide looked like they were going to run a, across them the other night. They did end up getting the win. Um, but I tell you what, they, they, especially in that first quarter, they showed a lot of fight to hang, hang with Adelaide. Um, Xavier cooks as well. What a season he's having just continues to get better. And again, another player, I know he spent a bit of time in summer league with the NBA there. He's certainly a guy who would 
I'm sure make a big impact over in the league there. But uh, I reckon for a lot of NBL opposition, they'd be certainly hoping he makes the move as well because he's terrorising teams to start this season. But uh, the Sydney Kings there take out my top spot. So what I'll do, guys, there, I will recap my top 10. Uh, as I said, I'd love to hear what you think, where I went, where I got, where I got things right, where I got it wrong, um, and just uh, we'll hash it out together. So starting from 10 through to 1, I had the Brisbane Bullets, Melbourne United, the Illawarra Hawks, the South East Melbourne Phoenix, the Adelaide 36ers. We head into the top four now. The, the New Zealand Breakers, the Tassie Jack Jumpers, the Cairns Taipans take out the number two spot. And for my first power ranking to the season, the reigning defending champions of the NBL, the Sydney Kings, take out the top spot there. Guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to this one. I had a blast doing it. Had a blast assessing all 10 teams thus far into the early part of their season. This is certainly something I'll look to do, you know, in a month or so time, uh, just touch base, see what movement's actually taken place over the course of these power rankings. I'm going to probably wrap this up now. I'm looking forward to going watching the, uh, the last game of round four, the Illawarra Hawks facing the Brisbane Bullets, two teams that are certainly itching to get a win on the board. Um, I'm sure as you tune into this, this game, will have come and gone, um, but I certainly hope you guys are enjoying everything that the NBL has had to offer over the over the, over the the course of the first couple of weeks. Um, I'm absolutely enthralled. As I said, all these teams, there's so much to like about all of them, uh, and it's shaping up to be one of the biggest and best seasons yet. Guys, be sure to stay up to date with everything Daily Dribble to get your basketball news, whether it's NBA, whether it's NBL. Uh, I'll be back recording this weekend on our NBA show with Roe Hancock and Lee Hancock. Uh, certainly looking forward to breaking, bringing that one to you then. Until then, though, guys, have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon.